Welcome to Words That Move Me, the podcast where movers and shakers like you get the information and inspiration you need to navigate your creative career with clarity and confidence. I am your host, Dana Wilson, and I move people. I am all about the tools and techniques that empower tomorrow's leaders to make the work of their dreams and live a full life while doing it. So whether you're new to the game or transitioning to your next echelon of greatness, you're in the right place. Ooh, wowza. And welcome. Hello. I'm Dana. This is Words That Move Me. And this is a fun one. (laughs) Yo, be prepared to just be a little funky fly on the wall and witness two people dancing with words and getting lost and found in wonder. And then also get ready for a few calls to action. Because this conversation with Brian Nicholson, it is both out there and also it gets in so deep. And I'm so excited to share. But first, we got to do wins. Today, I am celebrating a personal revelation, a, a thought that came to me when I was in the bathroom, of all places, just a few days ago. Uh, and, and it was the thought that there is creative life after creative lulls. I will call them lows, lulls, doldrums, whatever, whatever, what have you. Um, and this seems so obvious, like, duh, of course there's life after lulls, but y'all, without going too deep on the detail, it's been a slow and slightly sad start to the year for me. And in an instant, like right then, a few days ago, as I was washing my hands, I simply knew that I am not done with making and that maybe, just maybe, the stuff I am about to make will be my best because of all of this stuff that I now have to turn into gold. (laughs) Podcast fodder for another time, but today I'm celebrating the big win that is the revelation that it is very possible, probable even, that my best is yet to come. And I feel good about that. Uh, So that's me, that's my win. Now you go. What's going well in your world? Congrats, my friend. Keep winning. I'm so proud of you. You're doing it. You're out there. You're doing this thing. Or you're in there. I don't know where you are, but you are somewhere. And you are doing this human thing. Congrats. All right, now let's let's do this human thing together, shall we? This conversation has been a long time coming. I am a friend and a fan of Brian Nicholson and his twin brother, Scott, for many, many years. But today, after reconnecting with him recently, I got to chat with Brian and go in on some big, big, important stuff and also some small, important stuff. You will see what I mean in a moment. Uh, but let's, let's, let's just go ahead and do it. Enjoy this conversation with the fabulous, the wonderful Brian Nicholson. Yes. This is what we're doing today, Brian Nicholson. Welcome to the podcast. Uh, thank you so much. I'm, I'm I'm so blessed. I'm so excited. So excited. I am. I'm juiced, and I'm. I think it's unfortunate, actually, that this is a podcast, like an audible production. Because oh wait, it's not an audible. I didn't mean that. Like the company Audible. I mean, like <laughs> you are having an an auditory experience as you listen. Because what you're missing out on is that today. Brian and I are twins. You thought that your twin was Scott Nicholson, but it's actually Dana Wilson. We are in that red spectrum today. We are rouged and ready. And Literally. I'm I'm thrilled at this accidental crossover in our wardrobes. Could you just and give me the side story that's the reason why you're wearing yeah. red today? And I'm going to change. It's like, it's, it feels like it was designed, you know, by... It was. This, it this was. This is by design because... I'm in Virginia, teaching on a convention, just sharing the knowledge. And I left here yesterday to come here at four in the morning. So excited, 
forgot my luggage for some reason. Apparently it was by design. I ran out of my house without my luggage. And I was like, you know what? Who cares? I'll go to the mall, you know? There's it a was mall a in Virginia for sure. It was a and blizzard was. here. It was a blizzard here. Oh, so no. the mall was mm. open for an hour. And I was like, you know what? This is all I need. And I bought just like four items. And, and right. Dana's the only person seeing it right now, but it's a red bandana, a nice little uh, Under Armour situation. And Under, it looks like a thermal, but you cut, did you but cut But I cut it because I was like, this is a little, right. too, this it was is a little too, strangle session. It was, yeah. I hate yeah. a tight neck. I you know what it. I mean? And I, I feel like I, I have a nice collarbone. So I'm like, let me just show it off. And so I, I literally, <laughs> so literally, yeah, this is by design because again, I don't have anything I would usually wear, but then I was like, let me make it happen at a CVS and a mall. And this yes. is what I came out with. I'm so impressed at this. And I, I would like to pose to the listeners that you try just for maybe the weekend yeah. to style yourself with items that you that are not yours. Maybe maybe you have a roommate or a brother or sister. Like, yeah. Just maybe take the challenge of... Yeah. How can I present myself in a way that's me without any of my stuff? Literally. Literally. Because you're doing it. This, and is, this is and I've been actually go, go, go. I was literally like thinking as I was shopping, I was like, this is taking me back to like the beginnings of like creative directing and choreographing for Ariana, because they'd be like, Hey, there's no budget for like necessarily like right. a new stylist, but this is a different performance in, you know, France or Germany. And we were like, we want it to be different since she's wearing something different. So mm. I had to just go to like the local place and just grab items to accessorize and change it up. So right, this right. felt like yes. I was going back to that, you know, and how do you make it look great, expressive, you know. but different? <gasps> I'm telling you, I, I believe, and last year on the podcast, I asked every guest this question, what makes someone an artist? And every time somebody answered that question, I would kind of quietly answer it to myself, and always my answer was different. But today, I'm thinking an artist is someone who can make something out of nothing, or make something out of something very little, like a red bandana, which you have yes. so fiercely fashioned around oh, your head. Thank you. And I, thank you. And, and I also, I don't wear red a lot, but um, this morning... Okay, last night I recorded a podcast, which meant I turned the heat off in my house because it you can hear it hear when it. it's on. Yeah. And yeah. I forgot to turn it back on, so I woke up and I was freezing. <laughs> and freezing because in L.A. it's like 60. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was 64 in my house, and I woke yeah. up and I like double stream snot like and, Harry and Lloyd from Dumb and Dumber, and it was so and, I, so and I think <laughs> I think it's dancers too. You know, uh, for anyone who's not a dancer listening, it's kind of like – I think the go-to for like any, you know, dance performance for just the dance community, everyone's always like, mm -hmm. oh, it's it's a free performance. Oh We're just God. getting a performing black experience. Black and red. Wear black and red. And I'm like, and I think Shit. that's why I don't, that's why I don't wear, <laughs> you know, because I'm like, you know you what? You are cracking me up. You're speaking <laughs> so to my core. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm thinking like, well, just wear all black, but maybe like an accent, like a, maybe like a red accent. A red accent. Every time. Uh, Every time. Every single time, every single carnival, every, every single, single you know, Sirens After Dark, shout out to Rhapsody. I'm like, just, ever, just all these different performances we were, yeah, yeah. So Yo. I, I think that's okay. why I'm like, it's time to get the red out of my I'm closet. Losing... But now it's back in. It's back in. Here it is. It's You're red in. and black. You look great. I'm red, but I, I am a navy blue. Red and yes. navy blue today. Yes. Okay. So uh, so we're, we're twins, but maybe we're not identical. <laughs> Brian, you haven't even introduced yourself yet. This is awesome. I think we're going to have a lot of fun today. Um, here's the the protocol on the podcast is that all of my guests introduce themselves. So I'll let you take the floor. Just tell us anything you'd like us to know about you, um, knowing what we already know, which is you like your collarbones and you're in a yeah. CVS branded uh, wardrobe t today. <laughs> sponsored. No, not really sponsored at all. Mm. All right. So my name is Brian Nicholson. I... I'm an artist. I uh, have a twin brother um, who is a part of my artistry. I'm, I sing, I dance, I love fashion. I um, constantly every day are just trying to like live fully in myself and my expression and say that, you know, I'm, I'm just an incredible artist and just live that and just try and be intentional. So yeah, my jobs are like, you know, dancing, choreographing, creative directing for artists. But yeah, that's what I'm working on right now. That's who I am now. Heck yes. I love yeah. that introduction. Thank you for that. Yeah. Um, 
I, I want to stay on this style tip for just one more second because yes. I'm working on actually, you know what? This episode might become part of a full style month. I just finished a book called Fear and Clothing by a woman named Cintra Wilson. The The subtitle is, I think it's Unbuckling America's Fashion Belt or un, Unbuckling America or something like that. Wow. She used to write as, um, uh, what was she called? The Critical Shopper for the New York Times. So she would review all of the, you know, Madison Avenue places. Yes. Gucci, Dolce Gabbana, all of the Pradas and everyone's. Yes. And she is exceptional with metaphors, so sharp, witty, pointed, raw. I mean, I was rolling, laughing, and also <laughs> crying, but also having like personal style revelations. Yeah. Of and course. it's something that I I talk about every now and then on the podcast, but I don't talk much about like talk a lot about training. Talk a lot about mindset, but mm -hmm. don't talk a lot about the world facing, like the outward facing, mm -hmm. the aesthetic style of a dancer. Yeah. Um, so you said something that I want to underline because it's I'm now creating a workshop for self-image and personal style. Incredible. It's either going to be like a 90 minute wham bam or it's going to be like a 30 day challenge. Yes. Can't decide yet. Uh, it's a lot of information, so probably 30 day. But yeah. uh, one of the things that I'm focusing on is and and I'm doing this today. You don't know this yet, but yes. uh, to for one of the steps in for me in, in in dressing myself, I don't do it every day, but I try to. Is remembering one part of me that I love, and featuring that part of me that I love. You mentioned it about your collarbones, which is why I'm shouting it out now. Yeah. And I love that you love your collarbones because I think a lot of dancers are not conscious enough of their collarbones. Yes. When you think about them, like right now, lengthen your collarbones, y'all. Just lengthen your collarbones. Holy heck, what a difference. What, what a difference a uh, what a difference that T shape makes in your body. So anyways, love that. But yes. I like my wrists. I like my wrists and hands. So I like buying shirts that are a little bit short. Like this tradition, this is like a children's uh, sweatshirt, but it, I like that when I pass the mirror, I see my wrist and I like my wrist. I like that about me. I love so, it. It's so important. It's so important to like parts of you and to feature parts of you. Yeah. And so especially as an artist. Let us begin artist. with that. Yeah. It's <laughs> at, like, I'm like trying to, um, it's, it's so interesting how as, you know, dance artists, you know, but artists in general work we have our bodies and we feel like our expression maybe comes from, you know, something that's like obviously from something in deep inside of ourselves, but we use our body, but we don't really like mm -hmm. sometimes celebrate just our body and what we like about it mm -hmm. or, you know, our frame mm -hmm. or, and I think it's just, it just makes sense when you think about it. Dancers, you know, celebrating this and that, you know, like, especially, I don't know, I think for a lot of, um, I hate using the word masculine, but like for a lot of just masculine dancers, whatever they I, identify as, you know, especially the neck area and stuff. I think we, we just, there's so much mm. beauty that comes from this whole area. And I think showing it off mm. and, you know, playing around with different silhouettes, I think it's just so fun. I love drag too. So I think it's just, I love watching Drag Race. I think it's just really fun to watch people explore mm. fashion in that way and themselves and people talk about I love the silhouette on me, you know, the, I, I, mm. I hear these queens and drag kings talk about, I love this and that about myself and I love to cinch the waist here and it's just really, really cool Yo. to have these artists talk so eloquently about it and it makes me reflect mm -hmm. on like, wow, I do like this. Yeah. I do need to show this off more in my fashion and it makes sense because then people I'll start to identify. You. For sure, that with you and, and, and yeah. you being embodied and you being conscious of your body yeah. is, is a powerful thing and a dancer... Uh, I can't imagine why we might shy away from from being embodied. <laughs> you know, and uh, my friend Joey Tao, just quickly, he's, he used to be a, da a dancer, now he's a stylist for, he did a bunch of our tours and he's really great. But he mm -hmm. says that he goes on the dancers' Instagrams and checks out what they mm -hmm. love about themselves and what they wear. And that's how he kind of styled mm -hmm. our dancers and how he helped him gauge and create this whole aesthetic, you know? So um, it... It yeah. really helps in this grand scheme of things, you know, when a stylist really sees a character or something you like about yourself and they're like, let me accentuate that and exaggerate yes, it and please. create a bigger character. So 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's cool to hear. I love that um, approach and perspective and stylists in general. I'm fascinated. Um, I want to piggyback on something you said. I uh, was the assistant choreographer to Marty Kadelka yes. um, and Laganja Estranja um, with oh, with that. Ivan Kumayev. He worked with us on this project as well for Miley Cyrus's VMAs. Was it 20... Oh hell! I don't. I don't. I have no yes, idea. Yes, I think I know. Which, I think I remember which one you're talking about. The performance. She performed with thirty drag queans. Yes, and I remember that. It was yes. our job to stage workout transitions. Um, Laganja Estranja, the the choreography, the movement itself was from them, and we got to like, I I played in the room with thirty drag queens every day for like seven days, like- and I n- have never felt better about myself. I've never felt better about myself because I was getting these affirmations that I low-key agreed with. Yes. And yes. Like like work jeans. And I was like, yes, these are my favorite jeans. How did you know? <laughs> or I was getting like, I was like, I, I, you just the little bits of sentence, right? These yes. little tiny sentences or paragraphs that would come at me from from one of these phenomenal creatures like something you dreamed up in a in a like in a animated world yes truly remarkable works of art yes and and they were telling me about myself and i was looking like i mean like this yes (laughs) but they would tell me things about myself that i loved believing and so i felt so good about myself for for a week and really felt a void afterwards yeah like going back to my normal normal friend normal life i was like oh where's the fabulous part like where's the part where i get to feel fabulous i know So i can do that for myself any day but it really helped to have the support of 30 drag queens 100 percent, especially them just like speaking and so vocally about just the world around them i think it's such a cool thing to be able to have them speak so freely and celebratory you know like Mm -hmm. i I think throwing shade is always a thing you know but it's just like Mm -hmm. uh even when they do that it's so unto itself yeah, it's like fun and it's like and it's hilarious and not supposed to be cutting. And I think it just pokes fun about the silly nature of fashion as well. But you know, yeah, they are just incredible. I love your your language, cutting and poking, because I was thinking of it as fencing. It's yes. like kind of this sparring, which is not Eggs. intended to kill. It's not yes. intended to like we're not actually mono imano dueling, which is funny, yes. mono imano. Mono, mono. Wrong, wrong words for that, but no, yeah. Um, well, yeah. It's it's like it is an art form. There is technique to it. It's not designed to kill. It's no. just fencing. It's so. It's cool. almost like I it's almost it. like trying to have a conversation and see, and you're having it just to have it be completed and seeing how they're gonna mm-hmm. react and 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 speak and back and forth. And it's not supposed mm-hmm. to be like I, I don't want you to be able to answer. You know what I mean? I want you to be taken back. You know, it's supposed to be about like you're saying um, a discourse, an exchange. Yeah. A duet. I love it. Ooh, cool. I love it. Yes. Love so it. much fun. Okay. So um, you and I reconnected a couple days ago when we spoke on a panel for AMDA together mm-hmm. with Mandy Moore, Jaron Reese, and Cassidy Noblet. Yes. That was so remarkable. Those lucky sons of guns. Um, yes. The conversation was facilitated by Stephanie Landwehr and Jess Franco, Jess Franco. who is a dear friend to both of us, like both the best. Us. The, the best, the super greatest, just the best, um, incredible human being. And it was, it was so cool to uh, talk so openly and candidly and hear the kind of questions that this next generation of dancers is interested about. One of the young students asked you uh, a question directed towards you and Mandy. They were asking what you look for in a dancer when you're casting for a tour or a film, something that's a long-term project. And yes. your answer was probably not what people would expect, which is like clean choreography, pick up fast, take direction well, blah blah blue Your yes. answer was not that. And I would love for you to share uh, a little bit of your perspective, like what you look for in the human being that you're yeah. bringing on to a, a long-term project. Oh, yes. Yeah, I was, I was kind of expecting um, that question from at a panel like that, you know, I was expecting it because mm-hmm. everyone wants to know. Um, truly, truly, my honest answer, which is why I shared, was that I really look for 
other artists and humans who are super open with themselves, um, with other people, artists mm. and humans who are just excited to be there and like feel like that, that yearning of trying to get better, trying to create the best thing, but also not taking it too seriously. Um, and from my mm. side, that fills me with so much excitement, also depressurizes the already pressurized job that I could have with like, you know, spending <laughs> millions of dollars creating something or, you know, for whoever. Um, mm -hmm. And artists who are just flexible with just like their mindset, who can really, really, um, who can really know that things are going to change quickly, but they're capable of like breathing, going mm -hmm. for it, changing, and just like living in whatever we change into. And I, I just, I, I feel like I'm constantly looking for artists and other humans who are just like, you know, free spirited and accepting of each other and of the moment, you know, not gripping too hard onto like the choreo I gave them or, you know, mm -hmm. um, I really, really try to find people who inspire me that way. People who are so comfortable with themselves too. And that doesn't mean that they're mm -hmm. always going to be comfortable with themselves, but they know that it kind of is a wave. It's going to ebb and, ebb and flow. And yeah, it's, 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 I, I really cherish that, especially when, when you're on a tour for such a long period of time. You want people who, mm -hmm. who keep it exciting, full of care, fresh, mm -hmm. you know, and who, who can, are... like, be responsible for themselves and also yeah. contribute to a community. Yes, I w exactly. Especially when, you know, I'm trying to bounce ideas off of them and see how they feel. And they're honest, but it always comes from a just accepting open way um, of just being, you know, and yeah, it's especially as a family, people who care about other people and people who really, really love to hold other people down. And, and you know, loyalty is such a big thing. And I, and I think it's important to realize that you become a part of a family and you want to look out for each other. And it's like, you want to mm -hmm. be able to look left and right and see like people who have your back and you can work mm -hmm. with and enjoy. So mm -hmm. I hope that's how I answered I love it, Amda. I, th I think that is that is the gist of it. Yes. Actually, I think I think you went a little deeper in some nooks and crannies of your answer just now, yes. which is like this family component, the idea of being able to present yourself as someone who works well as being a part of a whole and somebody yes. who can extend care and support sideways and mm -hmm. not just worry about the self that they're putting directly forward. Yes. And I'm... Um, I agree, and I, I've, I'm fascinated always that there isn't an interview process to most tour auditions, oh. like because the personality component is huge. Is, is it's more massive. important. It's I feel like it's more important, you know, than I think it's more important than even the dancing, right. you know, because right, yeah, Be, because how many minutes out of the the tour life are you actually dancing? Yes. And Versus you know, like being on the tour bus, warming up, working out, eating meals, um, exploring a city. Like the yes. majority of your life on, as a tour dancer is not dancing. No, at, at all. Majority. Yeah. And then you're just living and trying to like maneuver these crazy things that come at you from management per se or just like performances and just like all these changes. Someone's sick and how do you work together as a family mm -hmm. to cover that person's track and make that person who's sick feel just as involved. It's like, a, it truly is like a, a, a family, a family unit. And, you know, Scott and I, I feel like are known to, we don't love auditions sometimes because we just feel like it's important to get the ears and thoughts of our colleagues. And, you know, even when we see somebody in our class or say we have an audition, we always try and contact our friends who know them or if we've seen them in this person's class, we call our friends and we're like, hey, like, how does this person act? How, how are they um, in class? Are they, you know, like, how, how, how are they as a person pretty much, you know, and just trying to get the lowdown, mm -hmm. you know? And, you know, that's like an everything is like, truly it's kind of just like figuring out who they are and then we try and have a conversation with them before and make it cool. like real, you know, and see what cool. their vibe is. I'm glad you said that. Because my follow-up question was, as I'm sure a lot of people are thinking, like, how do I demonstrate that in a audition? How yeah. do I demonstrate my humanity and my friendliness and my team playerness and my coolness, for lack of a better word? Like, how yes. do I demonstrate that in a dance audition, which is 
pretty strictly focused on danced. Uh, yes. Danced? Like past tense? <laughs> hey. On dance. Um, so, so you guys have a, a practice in place to like talk to other people and yes. and yeah. get an idea for someone's personality by, you know, yeah. doing your research. Doing your research, and you know, even sometimes like we teach a lot of class in LA. We teach three days a mm -hmm. week, and that's just to kind of make sure I'm still dancing, creating, you know, sharing mm -hmm. knowledge, but also you know, checking out to see who's really um, showing up and just enjoying dance still. Because I think sometimes mm -hmm. people just get caught in not enjoying and just like push, push, push. But I can tell from a just, dance class. Which is fine. Yeah, which is, which is fine. It's just like sometimes you're in that zone, you know. Mm -hmm. But I really do think that I can tell in an audition or in a dance class by how people are going to be in a rehearsal, by just like how close they stand to other people, you know, not giving people space. I'm not being aware mm. of other people's space in the room, you know, um, even just like when they're dancing next to people, it's, they don't even like, if you feel someone make in vicinity, eye contact, make eye contact or just like even, yeah. yeah, look at each other or just like do the choreo, maybe facing front, but still kind of giving a, a look to them or a B plus kiss on the cheek to them. You know, it's, it's interesting. I how, can't be, how, I call it, how, sometimes I call it the one eyed Jack. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the creep. I literally, yeah. Literally, it's it's such a crazy, uh, incredible thing when we feel people around us. But I think people start to make it so about the choreo that it is so centered, mm -hmm. and that they don't even awareingly they, they don't awareingly they don't even feel people next to them. But it's kind of silly mm -hmm. because you should be able to. And I can tell that in a, an audition or in a, a class, if people are mm -hmm. so centered in themselves, they're aware of the choreo, but they're aware of other people around them and especially we give moments of like being able to make different choices and it's cool to see people next to each other smiling and maybe they create a moment together but it's always mm -hmm. from a place of honesty creation and you know even even when it comes to um when the groups go out go out onto the floor you know when people are, are walking off because they just went or i say okay now we're gonna do groups and if people put their head down and just walk off where people keep their head high, they're, they're clapping, you know what I mean? Or they're looking and giving the floor to somebody. Um, mm -hmm. I think you can really tell when someone goes inside their brain and starts to bring the thinking to the front and then it, their head starts to tilt down instead of keeping the, right. the thinking in the back and then just still being aware of the room. Right. You know? I, love, I love the attention you're bringing to this right now because the words themselves, all right, time for groups or we're going groups, all right, groups – we're saying, all right, y'all, right now, it's about groups. Yeah. And yeah. in that moment, some people still decide solo. Oh. I will be dancing alone yeah. in the group. Now is the moment where there are less people, more people, like less people next to me, which means more people looking at me. Yes. The division of eyeballs is yeah. more from like, yeah, you can say the words, let's dance in groups, and you can see certain individuals or personalities go that means solo time a hundred like, oh, that means i need yes. to be more stressed about me you're so right it, it, it's like avoiding the actual task which is groups groups <laughs> like it's the, the task is groups right now dancing groups right now 100 percent. right 100 and you know i've done that in class and and it's just interesting oh, totally to oh, listen guilty. yeah guilty you know and and i mm -hmm. feel like mm -hmm. it is just so it's just so um so funny kind of sad sometimes when you think about it because we waste so much time you know um in that perspective and that view mm -hmm. when mm -hmm. if we really take a step back and we're like oh yeah he said groups and now we're grouped together now i actually have more space to dance and i definitely as an artist shouldn't really be focused on what other people think of me because you know that's not really a, a super healthy place to 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 go from you know as an artist but mm -hmm. that's a whole separate situation but you know yeah, I think people switch the focus and perspective, interestingly, on to just such an inner solo mentality when um, right. when dance classes are like, wow, everyone, all, all my friends who are artists who come to dance class are like, a group of dancers dancing together? This is such a community. Wow. I'm blown away. How does everyone move together? Everyone else who's not right. a dancer is so like, this community, they're of superheroes. You know, it's just such a mm -hmm. mind boggling thing. It's mind-boggling because dance can be very lonely. It yes. is an individual thing that you must individually 
talk, coach yourself through and talk to yourself about yes. and know where you land. And, mm -hmm. and it really is like equal parts and a fine balance yes. of being a team player and being an individual operating system that yes. has their own values, techniques, regimen, mm -hmm. um, path. Like we all have, there's no systematic hierarchy for dancers. There's no, we don't fit into, you know, tiers or, or, um, titles the way that let's say medical professionals do where you go to med school and then you graduate and then you're a resident and then you're a chief and then you, I don't know actually yes. how that works and I should my sister's a physician but <laughs> yeah. um, we don't have that same compartmentalized progression so you do totally. you have to work as an individual and you get to I, don't, yes. I won't say you have to because I know several people who are just fine being soloists forever. Oh, but you same. get yeah, to get yeah. also work laterally and be a, a part of a unit and a family mm -hmm. unit. I love this emphasis on family. Yeah, and, and especially when we do tours and stuff, we try and think about like, oh, this person brings this and then this person mm -hmm. brings this. Corey Graves brings this acting, this incredible uh, pushing artistry, this like moment of just like, really involving the art artist or the audience with just like a vibe and just like mm -hmm. truly like body language. And we have everyone on tour, they all have a different role to play, but then the choreography brings all these characters together and their strengths together, you know? But I think, yeah, a lot mm -hmm. of times mm -hmm. we think we need to stand alone all the time or match somebody else, which is where the comparison comes in. And we're like, oh, if they're my match, I gotta match them for mm -hmm. sure. But I think you gotta make sure that you ha have your skills and you know your skills so that, you know, worth and that character who you are is still there you know mm -hmm, it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's it's interesting it's interesting i love that okay yeah. let's shift focus to tour really quick because i'm so mm -hmm. curious i want to know i i'm curious about everyone like i want to know how everyone works like I, yes. it's just i'm obsessed with how groups of people work yes um but when i uh assisted marty on my first tour for JT, it was the Future Sex Love Show Tour. Yes. And he choreographed and co-directed with JT that mm -hmm. tour. He also danced in it. Yeah. Um, but he had a swing, Kenny Wormald, uh, who was an essential piece because um, having that person allowed Marty to step back and zoom out and see the show without a hole that was yes. where he was supposed to be. Mm -hmm. yep. um, do you and Scott have a similar system? Like how, because you still dance with Ariana, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, we do. Or yeah. at least as of the most recent tour. As of the most recent tour, yes. So mm -hmm. how, do, how do you choreograph, put yourself in it, dance in it, and then also see it? Yeah. You know, that's been, if I'm being honest, that's been such a gnarly thing to figure out you know especially you know um especially being such a part of her brand you know and like mm -hmm. management her yeah you guys people's... are like a sandwich yeah her most yeah yeah and, and it's interesting just you know the progression of us choreographing and creative directing more and more and more for her it was like hard to, to manage you know trying to figure out like how to see ourselves one of us would step out and in for a while mm -hmm. but lately it's been um we really, really utilize our dancers, you know, and try to make mm -hmm. sure that, you know, or or Jess, you know, is can, can stand in for us. She's usually assisting us, Jess Franco. But mm -hmm. we mm -hmm. usually have one of us in, one of us out. We take videos as well. Or a lot of times what happens, which I'm going to be very honest, is like we have the dancers who are not in, in the number, you know, mm -hmm. they, they learn mm -hmm. it anyways. They come out and, and do it and, and stuff. And they're doing so well that a lot of times... Yeah. We keep them in and then we just fill ourselves in on the sides, you know, because we just put, put yourself somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. You know, and we just love that's where I think my human, you know, almost sometimes is like um, what I'm working on, too, is just trying to make sure that I leave room for myself. You know what I mean? In in, in the grand mm. scheme of things, because I love seeing people perform and love seeing them and being shine. in their moment, you know, and um, it's hard for me as as a as a boss or like a creative to like all right, cool. Now you're, now you're out and I'm in, you know, like, it's just such a hard mm -hmm. thing. Like for the first, you know, two weeks of the last Sweetener World Tour that, that we could objected, it was like for the first two weeks, we, we weren't in it, you know, and then Scott would go in mm -hmm. and I would stay out of it. 
And I was like, wow, this is so incredible. Here's some notes and stuff. But it was hard for myself to put myself in and take people mm-hmm. out. You know, I ended up mm-hmm. just adding myself in and keeping yeah, them in, I which was all, like a hard balance. But that's where, you know, um, the balance of trying to make sure that I didn't compromise the number by putting myself in or putting keeping too many people on stage and yada, yada. So, yeah, it, that's mm-hmm. been a crazy, amazing learning experience, you know, throughout mm-hmm. The whole decade we've been we've been with her it's that's it's a cool peek into the process yeah um another process question i love like i still dancing and assisting or associating and getting close to you know people who are at the top of their game and seeing yes. how they work mm-hmm. one of one of the distinct differences i've noticed about some of the people i work with is that there's a group that starts with moves mm-hmm. and then builds out. And mm-hmm. then there's a group that starts with ideas, like feelings yes. or colors, or uh, I call it broad strokes thinking, yes. and mm-hmm. then fills in the gaps. Yes. Um, which which <clears throat> compartment would you say that you and Scott fit? The second one for sure. You know, broad it's strokes. broad strokes. And it comes <laughs> from being in love with music and trying to figure out, okay, like, let's say, the set list is already done and we're just working on just like a, uh, a song or this number. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What are the, what are the moments in the number? Like what are the, the peaks, you know, the valleys, what are the repetitive situations? And we kind of block it out that mm-hmm. way. And then we're like, all right, now what color does this feel like? And, and what kind of moments mm-hmm. and um, where is this lyrical expression, the sensuality of this part? How does that feel on our bodies? And, you know, it helps to mm-hmm. do it that way where we kind of, you know, start to figure out some sort of structure, you know, and things um, to play off of. We're the mm-hmm. sort of people who literally, if we're inspired, we like order fabrics off Amazon or go to um, go to Santi Alley and get actual fabrics to touch, put it on a board, reference pictures on a board, images and stuff. We, we, we're such a big mood board situation, a reference board mm-hmm. of just seeing it because then, you know, we're able to see it all the numbers together, say it's for the whole tour. We're able to see it, how mm-hmm. it moves together, what it feels like. And mm-hmm. it helps to be that textural and that sensory situation for the other um, departments, departments too, you know, mm-hmm. because they get to see, oh, he feels like, they feel like Thank You Next is a very like fuzzy, like purple, t- purple situation, but then also soft, like a clueless. Soft, cloudy. Uh, yeah, yeah, and a clueless plaid. Interesting. Now I know kind of where I can we're go with the lighting. In a clueless plaid. You know yes, what I mean? So I'm like, plaid. interesting. I know. You know? I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Um, so it's like, it's, yeah. You, you know who else works that way? Uh, visual out um, yes. in front of uh, Andy Blankenbuehler. I can remember wow. visiting his house for the first time. Uh, he got a new place um, uptown, and I went and I, his, his place has a studio in it, which is mm-hmm. stellar. Goals, um, goals, and super goals in yeah. Manhattan. Let's talk about it. Yeah. And wall to wall, wall to wall, images, magazine clippings, actual photos. This hat, this cane, a pair of gloves, wow. like mm-hmm. stuff up on the wall from wall to wall. Yes, creating the world that he was working in at that time. Yeah, and I. I think that that's a permission that not a lot of us give ourselves yeah. the the submerging into the world yes. um, or the throwing the world up around you and then reorganizing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big write, writer. I mm-hmm. maybe less magazine clippings and and textiles, although I do love this idea. Yes. Um, I have massive post-it notes. It's what I use to coach. They're what I use to mm-hmm. make lists. They're what I use. I just like the bigness of them yes. and that they can be at eye level. Because I think yes. there's something about having to look down or close, like round shoulders down, keeping the list in the phone or keeping the list yes. in the journal that tells my body, oh, I'm done now. Like I, I'm closed now. Yes. But when things are up and out, I'm yes. like, and if I have to walk to see it, then it, that yes. upness and openness really helps encourage a, a physical flow. Yeah, it's like honest. It's like a people. I think, I think you understand this, and I understand this is like your body's positions, and also just the way that your body sits. It can viscerally make mm-hmm. you feel emotions, and and 
you know, tell your brain certain things. And, and I and I really started to notice that when I was very, you know, when you're in like email mode, you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. I got to put my computer up, up higher so I don't feel mm-hmm. s- feel this way. But especially when I'm creating, I have to yeah, see it out. And that way, too, it feels like you're more submerged instead of like, yeah. you know, I, I have a hard time on, on my computer or my phone when I'm trying to be creative. And it's just, you're right, feels mm-hmm. so pinpointed into a screen. It just feels smaller than I feel like we let ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. we should make ourselves like feel the environment. I think it's it's true. It works in both directions. Where the mm-hmm. mind goes, the body will follow. And also wow, yeah. where the body goes, the mind will follow. Wow, like, 100. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that it's hard to stay grumpy when you're dancing? 100%. <laughs> like when the body goes into motion, yeah, the mind's kind of like, oh, yeah, okay, okay, fine. I'll be in motion now. Fine. 100%. Um, some and things, some move, student, things move that way. Some student to my class, I'm always screaming like, use your guts and like, you know, be aware of your guts, you know, like just trying to figure out, make, making sure they're moving from like their lower abdomen and just like incorporating it sometimes, you know. Use your guts. You, just guts always. I don't know why I, I Use you know, your guts. Like use your guts. Use your yeah, guts. Like, use the floor. Use the guts. Yeah. But, uh, and this student came up to me, this other dancer, um, this artist came up to me and she was like, yo, I really, really connected with that. And I love um, medical terminology. And she said that people call your lower abdomen like your second brain, you know, because that's where a mm. lot of like your microbiome and, and all this stuff happens. So it's a lot of where the chemicals start to drop and start to affect. And so she was like, mm-hmm. it, it became very spiritual for her. And it made sense, you know, sometimes when we are so closed off down here or mm-hmm. even not moving it, um, it kind of like makes us feel differently. You know what I mean? When we're Yo. using our arms and all this kind of stuff. So, yeah, it that really she taught me a lot in that, that moment. Clicked. And it made sense. A, a lot of my voice work is not actually voice work. It's breath work. And it's yes. dropping down into that belly breathing, that low mm-hmm. abdominal cavity. Yes. That's like was so locked up for me, a of dancer who's all like physically poked by my teachers to like mm-hmm. suck in that belly. Of course. Always. And so training myself into using my guts or releasing my guts oh. is and it's a wildly emotional experience yes. and so effective. Like wow, what a so shift. If- it's what a, what a blessing, you know, to be able to actually be able to release. Because, yeah, for, I mean, all my teachers, my technique teachers, I was like, gerbil in a ball, keep it tight, gerbil in a ball. And you're just like, even just when I'm creating too, I'm like, oh, wait, I, I, I want to make sure that I'm not like making an interesting picture, but that mm-hmm. limits me and just makes, you know, it's it's such a crazy situation when, the lower half is involved, you know, but yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a uh, breath work is so in- incredible too. And breathing low from the diaphragm and just anywhere it's, it's important. It's important. It's important. Let's not let, let us all take a deep breath, please. Yeah, please. <laughs> Let's let the gerbil out of the ball for a second. Yeah. Scroll around Can you believe in that, that? Pelvis. Can you believe that? Oh. I was like, well, oh. I can. I, I've been told once by somebody who I love and I will not say their name. Mm-hmm. Um, that this was not like an individual note, but a group note. Yes. That in our lunges, that we looked like sagging horses and our bellies were hanging <laughs> over our tights. You look like a sagging horse. And I've never, for like that, re- I was young. I was probably 13. That sticks. And that sticks. sticks. And so I was like, I don't ever want to be a sagging horse. So instead, I never breathed again. I'm going to be and- a hollow horse. I'm just going to be. <laughs> Let me. You know- you know what I mean? It's crazy. I, I was listening to this podcast. Uh, who's talking? It was Maya Angelou and uh, Oprah. And Maya was saying, um, Dr. Maya Angelou was saying, like, words and all that sticks. And it sticks to your mm-hmm. clothing, sticks to your energy. Words have such power, you know? And that's why, sorry to make a segue, but it's it truly is such like a, uh, I'm trying to be so knowledgeable of the vocab and the words I say because yeah, mm. it, it, it sticks, you know, and I think it mm-hmm. sticks to our bodies and it's and our brains are just so sensitive and our bodies are sensitive. So we remember things and then it starts to limit us. And then I'm like, wait, what? You want me to move this? Oh, man, mm-hmm. you know, this isn't supposed to, this doesn't feel comfortable. <laughs> let's go there. Let's let's lean into that, because another thing that I I really love and respect about you 
and your brother both, but I think you and I have connected more on this lately, Mm -hmm. is this idea of value and balance and understanding that our work, our careers, our passion is important, like our training is important. The eight counts they matter you know yes always some some, in some way right in some way they're there um (laughs) and then there's this whole bigger thing that's like how am i talking to myself how am i impacting my community how Mm -hmm. am i impacting the world how am i caring for myself how am i caring for my family how am i uh you know the the big life stuff Uh, And this brings me back to another AMDA question. Somebody asked something about work-life balance. I don't remember the specific question, but I love this topic because this is one of the areas where dance lessons 100% are life lessons. You cannot talk about, well, I cannot talk about any kind of balance without thinking about my physical balance and my physical body and how achieving it will come from a series of trial and error. Mm -hmm. You do not just find your balance one day and then always have it forever. It will be touch and go. It will be Mm -hmm. different on the day. What helps me find balance is different than what helps you find balance. I almost certainly will overcorrect and then need to (laughs) re-correct. And so I, I think that that's a really important subject for dancers to think about and think that they have an upper hand on. Yes. I think that dancers are better than most people at finding balance because we do it all the time. Yes. And if we think of it as a skill that we've already practiced a lot and can just borrow from the physical and apply to the otherly, yes. um, then maybe we'll be really, really good at it. And I think you're really, really good at it. I want to know more mm-hmm. about how you find balance what you're doing with the animal rescue, what you are, yes. like how how your life is balanced and how it is bigger than dance and yeah. Ariana Grande and tour. Yeah. You know what's crazy is that I, I, I was on such a one of the far ends of balance. I was so, so I had such a huge, huge, huge emphasis on work, you know, um, and just mm-hmm. pushing and training um, and, I started to realize that I was such I was such in, in a deficit in like my relationships, mm. um, family, um, even just with the things that I cared about. It seemed like everything else, everything was on one side, and then what I really cared about and what I was focusing on was my work and creation. It was like overbearing and just like um, mm-hmm. I had such a deficit on spending time with my animals, uh, my family, and this and that. So I really started to make and my brother helped me out with this my brother was so on the other side of like um he would come to rehearsals not prepared and he would just like Mm -hmm. ebb and flow and i think being a twin and you know we kind of like pulled different things out at different moments but he was always so about spending time with the animals um and we ended up starting this animal rescue because we just love animals so much and we started this animal rescue ariana actually started it with us and as as a present because she always noticed my brother was out saving animals and i was spending more time at home with our animals mm-hmm. and then um rehabbing these these animals to be able to be fostered and stuff and it started to ground me even further and i started to realize especially right before covid but during that whole covid lockdown i was like wow this is kind of what i've been missing and i started to feel more like myself and felt like I brought way more value to the artistry creation and work side because I was Mm. even more fulfilled in another way outside of my art form. And it was, Mm -hmm. it, 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 it really is wild when people make the assumption or we're told that, you know, you only have, um, this many coins, you know what I mean? And you have to put all the other coins Mm -hmm. into this basket. And if you start to spread your coins out too much, then something's going to be at a loss, you know? But I really realized, I'm like, oh, if I put these coins, I don't know where from, just, I guess, time coins into just this animal rescue and being present with these animals or even just creating and drawing and fashion-wise, how much it just healed me 
and was able to bring such balance to my 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 human you know and um it's 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 super wild like we now have this farm where we're moving into it next week and we're really really we have stables i get my chickens back and my turkey and to some people it might be like wow more responsibilities but i just realized i'm like my artist i don't even know what kind of responsibility a turkey requires oh my god nothing except for just like nothing nothing except for just feeding it and then just like um they love when you when you have like a makeup brush and and you put it on their cheeks and stuff and like they they like nuzzle into it it's pretty it's pretty remarkable so you have to you have you have to make up the the turkey hysterical yeah yeah, you know know what i'm saying so so it's 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 incredible how this this journey that i'm just learning about myself in life Mm -hmm. it's wild how outside of dance this animal rescue really, really, really made me feel so much more in tune with the world, grounded me and made what I do, it's, you know, for a career, maybe what I love, kind of feel also silly, you know, like how funny, how crazy I was focused on it. You know, I'm like, these, these, these animals are in dire need of just someone to take care of them. And I'm going into rehearsals acting like this is the end all be all. When I'm like, oh, no, 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 this is supposed to be fun grounded i can have more fun in rehearsals because i'm like this is mm-hmm. my outlet and then i leave rehearsals you have to take care of these animals and this is also so grounding an outlet because animals you got to be present with them you know and they they're mm-hmm. present all the time yeah long-winded but that's yeah. i really felt found so much balance with that so much balance i really like this idea of the coins in the baskets and how mm-hmm. They don't go into like okay, uh, find it, Wilson. Find it. I know we talked about finding this well. idea right now. So, <laughs> yeah. so the baskets aren't like wicker frickin' baskets from no. Hobby Lobby. They're no. actually banks. They're yes. actually banks. And when you put your money in a bank, yes. hopefully, if you're doing it right, mm-hmm. it gains interest. You yes. have more money from putting your money deliberately in places where there are high returns on investment. Yes. And you found a place with the with the rescue that returns high for you. You yes. feel fulfilled, therefore you're energized. You think that you're present, therefore you feel present. And when you feel present, you're more productive or you're more and, open to inspiration. Like mm-hmm. it really, it isn't just about splitting up your money, it's about getting more returns on your life. Yeah, and, and going off on that too, it makes me feel more secure and safe, you know? It makes mm. me feel like there's more, like, tr- there's more trust as if to bring, like, a banking situation. It makes me feel more secure. Like, wow, there's so many different avenues to myself that I have actually invested in. And mm-hmm. like you said, there's, like, a return. And mm-hmm. I don't feel a deficit in one area or the other to an extreme where it's just, like, overbearing. You know what I mean? It really, really, really yep. feels like what you said. These returns and it just feels very the pure and safe. The trust. This is massive. What, yeah. a, what a fun double entendre. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So I love that. Thank you for contributing and investing in this podcast because I yeah. think it will return. Um, this feels like a very healthy investment to me. I could honestly talk to you forever. Me too. Um, (laughs) But I do think, I think you've got a sharp brain. I don't do this with everybody. Mm. Not to say that other guests don't have sharp brains, but sometimes I do a burnout round of questions at the end. Yes. And I want to do that with you today. Yes. Um, So try to uh, go with your guts. Um, What what, what was your exact quote? Dance from your, use your guts. Use your guts. Yeah, use your guts. Use your guts. Yeah, use your guts. Dance yeah, from them, speak from them, you know, all that kind of yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm with it. Are you ready to use your guts, my friend? Yes, let's do it. What did you want to be when you were a kid, when you grew up? Performer. What did, what did you want to be when you grew up when you were a kid? Oh, performer, okay. singer, yeah. Okay, what keeps yeah. you up at night? Things that I haven't accomplished yet, but I'm 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 working on that. Okay. What does the world need less of? Doubt. What does the world need more of? Wonder. What is your least favorite word?
guts, oh. guts. Gut, uh, least favorite word is just, I, it's like a, like a phrase, like I can't or I don't care, you know? Ooh, yeah. love it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what is your favorite word? Oh, wonder. Again, wonder. Cool. What is the worst advice you ever got? Worst advice I ever got was mm-hmm. don't shine, don't show off, don't express too much. Mm, don't be too big. I hear don't be it. too big. Yeah. What's the best advice you ever got? It probably came from a drag queen. Yeah, seriously. Um, live free, die a legend. And my brother, my brother said that to me. Just live oh, free. So die not a, a drag queen after all. No drag. <laughs> well, kind of. No, <laughs> he, I, he can be a drag drag queen sometimes, a drag king sometimes. Yeah. No. Okay. Fair. Yeah. Fair enough. Live, say it, live free, say it die a legend. Time. Uh, live free. Very cool. Die a legend. Yeah. Yeah. I we we always c- try to make each other be in the moment, live free, and just know that that is what's going to make us live on, you know, for a long time. We were nervous about just death and just all that kind of stuff, you know, from just childhood Mortality stuff. Mortality is real. And, yeah. yeah. So that, yeah. that is a very real thing that, especially in the last several years, we have been very faced with, even people in our our age bracket it's Mm -hmm. um it's uh yeah that's real yeah it's 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 a beautiful thing my my grandma i have this tattoo the last time my grandma saw me perform she afterwards i was like she was 93 i I was hugging her and she whispered this in my ear as like all these fans were around us trying to like get a picture with me and stuff she was she said uh she hugged me crying and she goes uh let's stay young forever bry let's stay young forever and it was interesting because my my brand is a uh, kid orange, um, mm-hmm. from kid because I always try and just know that I'm youthful and that I have this kid inside of me, but also I am this kid who just loves life and is full of so much wonder and excitement, um, and I and, and I want to make that live, you know, from that live from that, but yeah, it's it's such a it's it, it's always such a thing, you know, like I dated somebody and they passed away. Uh, unexpectedly and then my dad died when I was super young and you know I used to use it as such a the fear of like Mm -hmm. making sure you accomplish and do this life is short all those kind of fear-based things but I realized expiration yeah and like you know I had this dream one time that woke me up of like at the funeral they're reading Brian Nicholson is a blank and then the the dream ended and I was like Mm. what is what does that mean you know would it say dancer choreographer career director or would it say you know, different things, different people. Mm-hmm. It was pretty interesting. So um, I think that's one of my huge life lessons is trying to, yeah, just trying to figure out the importance of why we're here, but also living mm-hmm. in like this wonder. I'm a kid, you know, I just really want to just, just, just celebrate. And it was interesting to hear my grandma say that, which is why I got a tattooed on my, on my, on my neck, permanent, just something beautiful from a 93 year old woman. Yeah. I'm going to let you know right now, another beautiful coincidence, if you will call it, or something more, who knows? Yeah. My grandmother passed away this week. Oh, my gosh. Um, wow. Just a handful of days ago. Wow. And, I mean, when you talk about at the end of life, what is, or, you know, Charlene Pappas was, Brian yes. Nicholas, Nicholas, wow, that's good. No, Brian good. Nicholson was. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, and... The, I think what I'm gathering from this conversation is that the multi fill in the blanks, especially if we're so lucky to die at 93 or I don't know, maybe we're luckier to die at 60. I don't know. But it it, it gets tough out there towards the end. It does. You know, you can't say one thing. My mom made a, a photo collection board for the memorial and there's no possible way you can just write wife or faith or travel or humor or you know we are so many multi things and we have this life to explore our multitudes and that's what we get to do how freaking cool is that let's go do that and you know what i just thought of as as you're as you were speaking i I just about you know all that was I just thought of this just out of nowhere, you know, 
the obituary is like such a, mm-hmm. such a gnarly thing to think about, you know, um, for myself, mm-hmm. like I said, just like was a, but I would think mm-hmm. that I would have, I would love for mine to say, let everyone know, just so you know, in case I, you know, something happens to me, you know, like, it, let it be recorded. Brian Nicholson, you know, ask their, ask their friends and their family, you know, talk to them about them, about them, you know, rather than saying they were this, they were this, but maybe this is supposed to be like, oh, really ask and, and find out who their loves of their life were, their mom and dad and see what Mm. they meant to them rather than necessarily their accomplishments, because yeah, those aren't, they're, they're not really that important. You know, that's what I learned about my grandma. I was like, wow, what an amazing, incredible, you know, person and it didn't fit into their into her obituary and i think that you know no how could anything fit after a life that full how could anything fit into a paragraph yeah and you know what i mean i think we and i think we constantly try and fill that or fill that resume or fill that you know with those words but yeah yeah it's for some people i get it but you know it's kind of like it's important for us to know that there's a bunch of things and a lot of times we don't even know what the incredible thing is, but someone who loves us will tell the world about it. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to know. What if it's none of our business? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, 100%. 100%. Right. Yes. Oh, fascinating. Thank you so much for sharing. I, yeah. uh, I'm, just, I'm glowing. I'm wearing red and I'm glowing. <laughs> Me too. I'm blushing. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm glowing, glistening. I'm rouged. <laughs> um, have a wonderful rest of your trip in Virginia. Thanks. I can't wait to see what you wear tomorrow with the four yeah. items that you purchased for the weekend. <laughs> I know. I might just make an Insta story and tag you. So if anyone sees it. Please do. We'll see oh, what I uh, put together. <laughs> I can't I can't wait. Um, yes. Take care of yourself. We'll yes, talk very you. soon. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. Oh, my friend. I hope you had as much fun in there in there being in the conversation with Brian, as I did. I really loved talking about the strange and special family bond, the family unit that comes with pop star tour life. It is something truly exceptional. Um, And if that's something that you want, I hope that you get to experience that. Uh, I really love the idea of exercising and practicing our humanness and our our supportive nature, our kind of familydom, familiness. I love the idea of practicing that while we're dancing in groups. Holy smokes, it's like that's what they were intended for, almost. Probably. Could be. Should be. Um, so I hope that that we all make better practice of that, of being in a group as well as dancing in a group. Um, I really love Brian's thoughts about finding balance and all of the beautiful ways that life outside of our studio or stage or screen lives can really enhance our work and um, the overall experience we have here in the world. Man, it's just, it's so big, this human thing we get. (laughs) Um, I also really, really wish that you could see how good this guy looks in a red bandana. It's the small things, right? The big things and the small things. also, dancers, black and red, what is it? This phenomenon, I cannot, I do not, I may not ever understand. But if you have any information or research on the subject, please reach out. I would be fascinated to learn more about why this is such a thing. Um, you know where to find me, Words That Move Me podcast on Instagram. I'm at Dana Daners on Instagram. And um, I, of course, will be linking it to Brian and Scott and their wildlife rescue with Ariana, um, please do check that out. It is important work. It is heartful work. It is meaningful work. It is um, it is special, for lack of a specialer word. Um, please check out all those links, and please, of course, keep it very, very funky. I will talk to you soon. Bye. This podcast was produced by me with the help of many. Music by Max Winnie, logo and brand design by Bree Reitz, and a big thanks to Riley Higgins, our executive assistant and editor, and also a massive thanks to you, the mover, who is no stranger to taking action. I will not stand in the way of you taking action. 
I will not, cannot stop you from downloading episodes or leaving a review and a rating. I cannot keep you from visiting thedanawilson.com to join our mailing list. I will not ban you from my online store for spending your hard-earned money on the cool merch and awesome programs that await you there. And of course, if you want to talk with me, work with me, and make moves with the rest of the Words That Move Me community, I will 100% not stop you. Visit thedanawilson.com to become a member and get a peek at everything else I do that is not a weekly podcast. Keep it funky, everyone.